Where does a prepper get their motivation? I'll tell you where. History. Long ago history from things they can learn and read about. And even more recent history, like current events or the things that have been taking place in the last, oh, I don't know, two or three years. A prepper can learn a lot from history, and we're going to dive into that when we come back. Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. How's your day been, Krista? My day has been great. I actually had a very full day out working with clients and in the nice sunshine after all that storm we had last night. Mm -hmm. You know, there were 36 tornadoes across Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Yes, and I did hear, sadly, that there was a fatal tornado in central Alabama. And I believe two members of either a family or a neighborhood lost their lives in that tornado. That's all I know. I don't have any other details, but our hearts go out to those neighborhoods and communities that are suffering from that. And we are very fortunate to have a weather radio that alerted us for the severe thunderstorms that did come through our way. We had a lot of gusty winds. We had limbs down. No tornadoes, though, in the North Alabama area, as far as I know. There was some broad rotation, and I will show you some photos that were sent to me by a friend of ours that they were able to see this, and it had a very, very broad rotation. Mm. She said it was very interesting to watch, and I pointed out that we don't do what we say we should do. When they say take cover, law enforcement tends to run out and see what's going on. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've heard not that about y'all. Not always the smartest thing, but I've seen a couple go over over the years. We want to mention our sponsors as we get started today, and we'll start with a new sponsor, and that is Pro One Gravity Water Filters. If clean, clear drinking water is important to you, Pro One has a filter for you. Also, we want to mention Clean Start. This is an alcohol-free antiseptic and hand sanitizer. It is concentrated, and it keeps killing germs for up to two hours after application. And, of course, the base handgun training system. If you need handgun training, check out the base handgun training system. There's a discount link on our website. ProLine Digital Group. These are the folks that build websites. They built ours. They provide web hosting, and they'll build an app just for you. And, of course, Jim Curtis Knives. Jim builds affordable custom knives that are as beautiful as they are functional, and they come with a lifetime guarantee. You can find all of our sponsors on our website, practicalprepping.info. You know, when we need something, most of us can run to the store. Well, what if we can't run to the store? Well, we had lockdowns, but we could still get out. That's true. But, you know, China's enforcing a very strict no-go lockdown. Yes, China is enforcing a very strict lockdown whenever there's even just one case of COVID, for example, in that apartment building. They closed it down where those people could not get out and then emergency could not get in. And there was a deadly fire. They literally welded the doors shut. Oh, my word. 
heard? All through this, they've been arresting people that have been caught out. Yeah. But this time it cost people their lives. Oh, that's awful. Now, with our lockdowns and with the lockdowns around the country and various things that are going on, many have abandoned the idea that others would care for them. Well, I think so. I think some people have been questioning their government, their governor's authority, and those that would basically hinder them from their free free travel or freedom to work. Not only that, but you go back and you look at some of the major hurricanes that we've had, that it took nine to 12 days for FEMA to get in and to be bringing things in. And folks have come to the realization that we've got to prepare for ourselves. Right. You have to be self-reliant. Exactly. At least for several weeks. With all of the lockdowns that caught people off guard, and I still haven't figured out why it was the toilet tissue that was the hot item of the... I don't know that we'll ever understand that. I don't. But that's something that folks have just always been able to run to the store and get. Yeah. We've never saw it out. Right. And we did then. And we did for quite some time after. And I saw on some of the social media, people begging to know where they could buy toilet tissue. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. And before the COVID lockdowns, about 3% of the people would admit to some type of preparedness. Right. As far as storing food and water. Exactly. Paper products. And we have lots of post-pandemic preppers now. Oh, that that percentage has definitely jumped up. Yeah, to about 52% of people admit that they're prepping in some way or preparing in some way. And well, we've seen even since lockdowns and shutdowns have pretty much gone by the wayside here in America. Now we're dealing with still those long-term supply chain issues. We know we talk about that just about every podcast. And I guess every household now has multiple rolls of toilet tissue back in the closet. Hope so. And so, you know, keep it. We may be needing it again. Right. Well, actually, we'll need it at some point. Well, sure. I mean, it's not like you're never going to use it. Right. And and the value, it does not lose value. It does <laughs> <Right>. not depreciate. <laughs> right. As long as it's fresh and new, it's good to mm-hmm. go. Now, we also see meat being stocked up. Yes. You know, you and I have done that mm-hmm. recently. We did a nice buy on some pork products and beef products, and we have filled up our freezer because we got a good purchase on it. We're hedging against inflation, and we're purchasing meat in advance with the room to store it so that we can save time and money going forward. Mm-hmm. So we know we've got food in the freezer. And we've done similar things with canned goods. And we saw that after COVID. We saw the run on the shelves on the canned goods and especially the cleaning products. Because mm-hmm. at that point, we didn't know what this COVID thing was actually going to do. Yeah, we've learned a lot since 2020. So the cleaning products were almost non-existent on the shelves there for a while. You know, on Pinterest, people were beginning to share their recipes for their homemade cleaning products made with vinegar and baking soda and the mm-hmm. household types of items. The things our great-grandmothers used, actually. Oh, yeah. And what we've seen is that many folks today have learned from the recent past, have learned from the COVID, and they're prepping at least some basic necessities. People are beginning to wake up and see that we could be in serious problems. So on topic, what we're dealing with here is all of these things are folding into our current events that is, you know, 
short-term history. Mm -hmm. So these lessons that we're learning from this short-term history, this is a prepper's motivation, or it should be. And if you haven't yet been prepping, if you haven't yet felt the motivation to prep, I'm not sure when it's going to happen for you to feel that, listener, because we're urging you to get started in some way, even if it's small, Mm -hmm. because you can't go wrong by being prepared. And we're looking at national issues, and we're also looking at regional and local issues. Yeah, everything kind of boils down to from the large to the small, from the great federal system all the way down to the individual. Yeah, well, inflation's the number one problem facing us at the moment. There's no doubt about that. that that's the number one problem right now. Mm-hmm. See, gasoline has been up about 70% in two years. It's It's been up, it's been down, it's been all the way around. Yeah, but it's up, food costs are up 12% in the last year. And I think that's just a very... Safe percentage. I think certain items are up higher than that. This is just an average. Just an average. Now, we know that heating costs, the projection is that they are to be up tremendously, 34% or, for the average household, $243 this year. You know, and there are some listeners that live here in America, and they may be in the Midwest or the North, Northeast, Northwest, out in the Plains, where blizzards and snow and ice are a severe threat, and mm-hmm. they they know they're coming. And there are some folks out there that are really scrambling with what they're going to do about their heating situation. They're trying to figure out if they can run a fireplace safely or if they can do a kerosene heater mm-hmm. or some sort of propane type of a heater to supplement because they know they just can't afford the piped-in type of heat material that they've been buying in the past. Natural gas is up 28.6%, the last number I looked. And heating oil has been 18.6% or higher. Mm -hmm. Now, that will crunch your budget. Yeah. But now get this number. Electric is up 54.6%. That is... The last look I took. That is a crushing, budget-crushing number. And so this is where households are going to have to get creative and they're going to have to scrimp and really sacrifice in order mm-hmm. to be able to pay these bills. We add to that with the possibility of a railway strike in December. I think you've got some news about that today. Yes, today the House of Representatives passed a bill that will require the railroad unions to accept the contract that they rejected in September. I see. And so now, what, four months later, we are looking at them being forced to continue to work without the demands having been met. And one of their big hang-ups was the sick time that they were not getting or are not getting and being overworked. I mean, they're being overscheduled. Yeah. yeah. And I did read where they can take uh, a day to go to the doctor, but they have to schedule that a month in advance. Yeah, that's just, that's that's unreasonable. So we may have another railway strike. They could boycott that bill. They, they could just say, we're not doing it. Yeah. That's, and I if mean, nobody shows up, then, you know, they kind of make their point mm-hmm. and the trains stop. So that's one of those that remains to be seen what's mm-hmm. actually going to happen. I believe that December 9th is the, the, the actual day, day right. that they could call the strike. Right. 
Now, we've already experienced some supply chain issues, and if we do have a strike, that will get much worse. And a railway strike could cost us as much as $2 billion per day in the economy. Wow. Now, a strike lasting a week would devastate this country. Right. It It would take a few days to have that domino effect, but... Yes, I believe that in certain sectors, it would definitely have an effect on probably transportation of food materials, machine materials, Mm -hmm. raw materials for different types of industries. The auto industry depends heavily on rail travel. And I know that furniture industries, goods that go to big box stores, a lot of them are transported by rail. Yeah. So many, many more things. But Mm. I read that if it goes two weeks we could be losing 760,000 jobs. Yeah, that's just, we're not in a position to be able to lose jobs. You know, it's bad enough that we've got people that can work that don't. Mm -hmm. But it's worse when people want to work and can't. Exactly. Or they'll they'll be having to draw unemployment or look for a new work or move or whatever they have to do. You brought up something the other day that I had not considered And that is that these water purification plants only have a couple of weeks of the chemicals to be able to treat their water. Right. And we just saw in Houston, Texas, where they were put on a ball order, ball water. Yeah, the entire city of Houston, which, by the way, not a small town. Houston is a major city. Let's take a break here for our sponsors, and we'll come back in just a few minutes and talk about the regional and local issues that we could be facing. You legally carry a handgun. You've practiced, and you've become pretty good. Do you know when and how you can use a firearm? Can you make that decision in a split second? The base handgun training system will take you through shoot-don't-shoot scenarios and teach you the critical things to do and not to do when the police arrive. Remember, there's a huge difference between practice and training. Get the training. Check it out. Base Handgun Training System. The link is on our website at www.practicalprepping.info. Use the code PRACTICALPREPPING, all one word, for a $50 discount. Are you tired of the taste of the water coming from your faucet? Do you ever wonder what is causing that taste? Did you know that treated water on municipal systems often has residue of chlorine effect? There's also bacteria. There are heavy metals. There's a vast number of different things that can add some form of taste to the water. And in some municipalities, you can actually see a color in a clear glass. Oh, it passes the quote-unquote safety test, but there's still something in there. Would you like to have crystal clear, clean, great-tasting water? Pro One Gravity Water Filters will give you just that. We have the Pro One Big Plus, and we use it daily. It makes our water taste better, and it even makes the coffee and the tea taste better. Pro One is also our backup water plan, just in case stuff hits the fan and the city's water system becomes contaminated or shuts down. If it really hits the fan and there's no water, we can source water from a nearby creek or the river, and we can run it through our Pro One filter, and we'll have clean water. 
Pro One filters come in several sizes to meet the needs of your family. They are affordable, and through December 31st of this year, the Pro One Gravity water filters are 25% off, and there's free shipping on all orders over $69.95. Pro One Gravity water filters. The link is on our website, practicalprepping.info. We've already mentioned Houston water issues this past week. And, you know, I was looking back over this the other day. And historically, we have at least one major city each year with a ball water warnings or even a do not use warning. I didn't even realize that it was that frequent. You don't see that on the news all the time. And all I did was spent a few minutes in a search engine and I found many, many going back the last 20 or something years and and even further than that. I mean, I didn't research, you know, 40 years ago, but just in recent history. And so one thing that we need to learn there is that somebody's going to have water issues every year. And I'm talking major cities. Yes. So that is something that we really, really need to pay attention to. Now, you mentioned a while ago the severe weather systems in the south, southeast two nights ago with 36 tornadoes and several people killed and more injured. We saw wind damage with that. Some of the photos that are coming out of there are devastating. And we definitely saw power outages from downed power lines. We saw people with a lack of heat, a lack of the ability to cook. Freezers and refrigerators are inoperable. And we saw a lack of communications in a lot of areas. Because when the tornadoes come through, oftentimes the cell phones go down. Right. That's why we often talked about amateur radio, mm -hmm. also known as ham radio. They have to be called out into volunteer service so they can get onto the airwaves, which are never down, and they're able to be sometimes the only source of communication after a a deadly or a severe storm. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the points that I'm making here is that storms happen. (laughs) Yes, they do. We saw them not long ago in New York. And all of that lake effect snow. Mm. And I'm thinking seven feet of snow. We're talking snow that's over my head. And this is even record snow for this area, too. Yes. But, I mean, it happens. Yes. It happens. Yeah. And if your utilities are not underground, the odds of you losing those utilities are very, very good. So those storms are going to happen. Therefore, we need to prepare for that. But how many times do we see people not prepared for the storms? Well, it's just like my topic line. The motivation for preparedness is history. What we can learn from something that may have happened 50 years ago Mm -hmm. and something that may have happened five days ago. Those historical experiences, you can count on it. You've got to know you cannot have your head in the sand anymore. Storms happen. Floods happen, disasters happen, electrical outages happen, societal uh, grid breakdowns happen, uh, contaminated water happens. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about things that you will face. And if you just don't think you're going to face them, or if your normalcy bias says, well, it's never happened to me before, there's a lot of people that say, yeah, I used to say that too, but mm-hmm. I don't say that anymore. Now, here's the thing. We talk about the inflation 
Look back at the inflation of the 70s and early 80s. Oh, I can clearly remember. I was in business in the early 80s, and we were at double-digit inflation back then. Yes, and mortgage rates running 21%. Absolutely. And so it was absolutely ridiculous. There was some recessions Mm -hmm. that took place. I was running a business at that time, and I can tell you it hurt, and it hurt deep. And we remember the lines at the gas stations and yep. even the even odd days you remember the even and odd buying right, days of right. the 70s right of course you could buy a gallon of gasoline for 50 cents but you know you still yeah, had you might be in line for three hours to get gas and then by the time you roll up to the pump it's empty that you've or waited you, for nothing that or you can only buy eight gallons yeah that was your your fill up was eight gallons thankfully i drove a volkswagen so <laughs> Eight gallons would take you to yeah, eight gallons to Birmingham would take and back me ten times. <laughs> I, I could go a week on that, <laughs> running around just in our small town. Yeah, but those gas lines could come back. They could, and we saw empty grocery shelves during COVID. Yeah, and I've actually seen some not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see some more due due to supply chain issues, but people need to learn from history need to learn that it can, it does, and it will happen again. So we want to motivate you. Keep prepping or get started if you haven't started. I'm not sure how much more plainly we can speak to let you know that these things will, at some point in your life, you will have an effect from something Mm -hmm. that's going to interfere with your quality of life and the way that you see things. Your power is going to go out. You may lose your job, God forbid. You may have an extended illness or have to care for someone who does. Your entire life may turn upside down. You've just got to be prepared because it can happen to you. It has happened to others, and there's no reason to think that you're anything different, you know, for it to happen to you. And We have to tell ourselves that very same thing. And the thing is, we need to get prepared at least with the basics and be prepared to be self-sufficient for at least a couple of weeks. So we've got certain basics that are without a doubt non-negotiable necessities. And money that you spend on food right now is not going to be wasted. No, not at at all. At some point, you will eat that. Mm -hmm. And there's no need to go buy six or eight of these big 25-year, you know, food boxes. Yeah, our our advice there is if you want to purchase those things, that's fine. But have your ready-to-go food first. Get that first. Get your can, the small cans, the two-pound bags of rice, whatever, you know, the normal household amount mm-hmm. that you would purchase. And it, later on, when you've got a good two- to four-week supply of that ready food, if you want to spend your money on a 25-year bucket, by all means, do that. But realize that you know how much water it would take to reconstitute well, that bucket? Well, water is a, a whole nother ball game, <laughs> exactly. and that actually happens to be, we jump to food, but that happens to be our first item on the list, and usually is our first item on the list, and we need water either stored or we need to be able to filter it. Right, because there's no way around it. Mm-mm. Water, that fluid is your most vital element above everything else. And I'll tell you, trying to store enough water to last a month, that takes a lot of space. Water is a is an inconvenient, large volume type of a mm-hmm. product. It really is. It's heavy. 
It's large. It takes a lot to store it. So you either need to be storing it in 55-gallon water buckets or you need the ability to filter it or both. Both is a good way to go. Mm -hmm. We talked about the food. We need those easy to prepare without electricity. And I, I can't forget a friend of mine talking about in Birmingham how they were talking about the storms that were coming and we would lose power and all of this. So he went to the store to stock up and he came home with a bunch of frozen pizzas and the power did go out. Okay. And the pizzas were useless when it came to being able to cook them. Yeah, unless he threw them out on the grill or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll eat pizzas for the next two days. I hadn't thought about trying to prepare pizza on the grill. Oh, yeah. Oh, people do that a lot. There's oh. actually recipes strictly for pizza on the grill. Okay. Yeah. We'll I learn something sometime. every day. I need to listen to this <laughs> podcast more often. <laughs> now, if you have a gas stove, usually you're doing pretty well there because you can light those burners with matches. Right. I've done that years ago when I lived in North Carolina and our power would go out. The, the electronic ignition mm-hmm. on the stove would not work, but the gas could still come on. So right. we would poof, light that, you know, kind of stand yeah. back. Yeah. Send your eyebrows. <laughs> right. But you can also cook on that grill, as you were talking about, or on an open fire outside. Yes, obviously take safety precautions. I want to just reiterate that we've got new listeners every day, and we're not just saying willy-nilly go set fires in the woods to keep warm. You know, you've got to be safe and conscientious. And you must remember that gas grill cannot be inside the house. No, cannot. That no, kills people. Period. Next on our list is heat. Yeah, in the wintertime, it gets cold around here. It does. And we must be able to keep our family warm. And we do that with supplemental heat. And that can be gas or propane space heaters. We have the Mr. Heater Big Buddy, which is indoor safe. But we also keep a carbon monoxide detector with that as well. Each time we use it, there is a carbon monoxide detector in the room. You can do the same thing with a fireplace. You can use a wood-burning stove or heater. You can use sleeping bags, and you can put a tent up inside the house. I actually read an article where a young family up north somewhere had a power outage for a couple of days. And we're talking, you know, 16-degree nights, Mm -hmm. 20-degree days. So they put the little pup tents actually on their children's bed. And they actually took the temperature inside the tent with their three little, like, five and seven and nine-year-olds, Inside the tent on the bed, it was almost 80 degrees. Wow. The room outside the tent had dropped down to about 51, which is not terribly cold, but that's pretty chilly when you're trying to sleep. That's pretty chilly. That tent on their bed kept those kiddos warm. In mm -hmm. fact, they were opening the flaps for ventilation. Right, right. Now, you can use that tent on the bed or in the floor and put sleeping bags in it. One thing that you can do is to close off unused rooms. There's no need in heating with supplemental heat rooms that you're not using. Exactly. And one that we're doing a little bit more of because of the cost of heating is we're layering our clothing. We're putting on a little bit more clothing. Yeah, and layering is the way to go. If you're wearing a T-shirt, then you put on a big, thick, puffy coat. You're actually not going to be as warm as if you put on two or three T-shirts or maybe extra flannel shirts or even I've layered 
real tight leggings under my jeans in cases where I knew I was going to be outside for a good long time. And I will tell you that my legs would stay toasty warm. That's a little trick I picked up in college. Years ago, we'd have to walk to class, you know, and sometimes it got really, really cold up there in North Carolina. Well, that's where I admitted to wearing the pantyhose. Oh, yeah. When I was hunting. It's a layer. Yeah. Yes. And I have some. You wore pantyhose when you were hunting? Yes. And I think I, you did tell me that. I, I, I admitted it on a podcast. Well, you and Joe Namath now have something in common. Well, he got paid <laughs> a lot more for it than I did. Some in of fact, our younger listeners will have no clue what that reference is, but if some of you are about 55 or 60 years old or older, you'll know the Joe Namath reference very well. Yep. But they are warm. And today I've got some, I call them long handles, but they're actually just underwear, long underwear, and they're almost like your tights. They're they're silky and they're tight on my legs mm-hmm. and they go under my uniform pants and I can be inside and they're not too hot and I can be outside and they're not too cold. That's great. So it works very, very well. For so what me. else do we need in our basics? Well, let's see. Uh, <laughs> we kind of looked at each other, or thought we did last night. We had a blip in the power yeah and the lights the storm went was, off the storm was raging we're sitting there watching tv we're chatting and all of a sudden the entire house went black and it was just for a blip just mm-hmm. for literally it might couldn't have been a second and a half but, but I, I mean it was dark dark darkness now i know there was a <laughs> flashlight between us oh yeah but I wasn't exactly sure where it was right at that moment. Well, I, my game plan then is to pop up with my cell phone flashlight, go right into the prepper closet where I know our emergency lighting mm-hmm. is, it's just eight steps away from where we were. So we had a plan. But we need light. And that can be flashlights. It can be LED lanterns. It can be oil lamps. It can even be candles with matches and a lighter. And you can even use those non-burning electric candles, too. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people like the safety factor. They're, they put out a nice, good light. They kind of flicker sometimes. And they can, depending on the life of your battery, you can have those battery candles could be a good light source for all night. And next would be some basic first aid. Yeah. There are going to be times, especially if we're having to be out and about and getting our generator ready or doing something to feed the the animals during the extreme cold or, or during the pulled, problem. If we've pulled big branches around and we've scraped up our hands or arms or something trying to clear damage. We're going to wind up with cuts and scrapes and sometimes we're going to have minor burns. So we need that basic first aid there. And finally, on our list is communications. And for us, first and foremost, in a completely down situation, we know that our ham radio is operational and that we can communicate with family members and friends literally all over the world. But you at least need a way to receive information. You need to be able to know what's going on. And your local television station with your local meteorologist during the storm situations is some of the best information that you can have. Yes, because it's right there at you. Sometimes exactly. they'll even give you street-by-street mm-hmm. warnings. Mm-hmm. And speaking of communications, let's look at cell phones for a moment. They're very, very handy to have. Now, we've talked about in the past how you're better off sending a text message You use less battery, you use less bandwidth, but you also want a way to recharge those. And that needs to be some way that doesn't involve plugging the charger into the wall. 
Right. So you need those power banks. You need some kind of a power bank and you could charge it off of a laptop, whatever you needed to do to be able to to power up a USB charger in order to have that communications available. Anything else you want to add? Well, so think about the history in your area and in your life. Think back on the things that have had an effect on you that caused you to be a prepper, caused you to think about preparedness. History is a great teacher. Let it teach us the important lessons that we need to learn. I'll tell you, I have failed at so many things back in the past that has caused me now to be a better prepper because I wasn't a prepper 20 years ago. Wished that I had been. Do you want to know why? Because stuff happens and it's going to happen. It will happen and it can happen. So please get, start, remain prepared. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Prepping Podcast. If you would like to support us, you can buy us a cup of coffee or you can start your Amazon shopping from our links. Both are on the front of the website.